With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's showtime, folks! This is the American Variety Network on Blog Talk Radio with Alex Cardinale. Live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Happy Thanksgiving 2015 to our listeners of the American Variety Network. Enjoy your turkey and get ready for some Christmas shopping right after your meal. Hello and welcome fish keepers and fish lovers to Aquarium Talk, the podcast here live on American Variety Network. I'm your fish-keeping host, Alex Cardinelli, and tonight I welcome you to my second episode of Aquarium Talk, the podcast, The Beginner Series. Okay, so I welcome beginners to the tropical fish hobby, and we're going to continue with that tonight. Now, a few weeks ago, here on Aquarium Talk, the podcast, I introduced you all to the aquarium hobby. Now, if you haven't listened to that show, I do recommend taking a listen to that show to learn about the history of the aquarium hobby and much more. Now, tonight, we will be discussing setting up your first aquarium, all the equipment you're going to need, and the biggest step in the aquarium hobby, cycling your aquarium. Now, cycling an aquarium is very important in the freshwater side and the saltwater side. As a matter of fact, it's more important on the saltwater side than it is on the freshwater side. So, I'm going to educate all of you, my beginners, how to officially and effectively cycle a saltwater aquarium, plus other things you will need to know. That way, next week we can talk about good fish for beginners in freshwater and saltwater. So, I'm going to discuss everything from both sides of the hobby, freshwater and saltwater, live tonight on Aquarium Talk, right here on the American Variety Network. Now, if you are an experienced fish keeper and you would like to share your knowledge on some things beginners should know about setting up and cycling an aquarium, please feel free to call in at 1-347-989-8142. Again, if you'd like to share some knowledge for the beginners to know, please call in at 1-347-989-8142. Coming up next, I invite you to call in and talk about the very first tank you set up as a fish keeper, because that's how I'm going to start the show, right after our introduction. 
the American Variety Network must take its intro. But, ladies and gentlemen, Aquarium Talk starts right after this. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here, live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network where I find the shows very educational and entertaining. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? 
Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. Costly 
mistake. Luckily, I had Google and I had uh, articles that I read that taught me that each of the fish I had were going to get too big for my aquarium. I had my dad helping me as well. So later on, eventually I got a 125-gallon, and then I got all those other bigger tanks that I've had, and I've been able to enjoy the monster fish. So that was my first tank setup that I've ever had. So I'd love to hear from some of you, the listeners, about your first-ever tank setup. Now, I want to talk about my personal favorite tank that I ever set up. You know, I've been in the freshwater hobby for quite a long time, about 10 or 11 years or so. And while I loved and enjoyed the freshwater hobby, there's something about the saltwater hobby that I enjoy much more. So for me, my personal favorite tank that I set up happens to be my 29-gallon fish-only with live rock aquarium that is actually only a month old right now. Uh, for some reason, I had a lot of fun setting up that aquarium. I don't know what it is, but to me, it was really fun. I had a lot of fun mixing the salt water and putting it into the aquarium. I had a lot of fun putting in the live sand, and I definitely had a lot of fun adding the live rock and aquascaping the tank. I think for me, the most fun part of that saltwater aquarium was that I actually got to aquascape the tank with the pieces of my life rock, and I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, one of the best reasons I enjoyed the saltwater aquarium, and I still enjoy it, is because it teaches me to be patient. Because unlike the freshwater hobby, you can't just go out and buy a whole bunch of fish. So with that patience I'm learning, I'm saving a whole bunch of money, and I'm learning to be a very patient man. So the saltwater aquarium hobby is very beneficial for me. And with that, when you're actually able to buy fish, it feels much better and more special. Because it's going to be relaxing, calming, and really cool to buy fish. Now when I bought my black and white Darwin Ocellaris clowns and my first Diamond Gobi, I was really excited. So that, in a nutshell, is my favorite uh, tank that I've ever set up. So, listeners, I want to know your favorite tank setup that you ever got to set up. So go ahead and call in 347-989-8142 to let me know or post it in the live chat room. All right, so let's go ahead and get the information started. So obviously, if you're going to enter the aquarium hobby, you obviously have to have an aquarium. So I'm going to have a discussion on purchasing an aquarium first. Here are my tips for buying an aquarium. First, buy a new aquarium if possible because you want to avoid any disasters with used tank. For example, a few years ago, I bought a 125-gallon aquarium off of a guy on Craigslist. You know, the guy came to my house. He delivered the 125 to me. I got a good deal on it, and he lied to my face because he said, this tank holds water. And like the fool that I am, I believed him. So I carried the stand and the heavy-ass tank all the way downstairs to my basement. I set it up. I filled it up. And what's the next thing you know? Next morning, there's 125 gallons of water on my floor. 
and the tank busted and it was no good. I had to sell it for reptiles. So I really recommend to all the beginners out there, if you're going to start in the aquarium hobby, start right. Buy a brand new tank. I know sometimes you like to cut corners and save money, but in the long run, if you buy a used tank and it leaks water, it's going to cost you more money to fix it. So I recommend buying a brand new aquarium to save any future tragedies. Now, a new aquarium, you're going to get a warranty on it. Now, I know that Aquion does a lifelong warranty on any tank larger than a 55 gallon. So that means your 75 gallons, your 90 gallons, your 120s, your 125s and up. They're going to get a lifelong guarantee. So if anything happens to your Aquion big size tank, they will replace it for you. Uh, I know that they're smaller tanks, like the 55, 29, 20s. You got about nine months guarantee. So if something happens, you get a free tank replaced. That does not happen with a used aquarium. You've got to buy another tank. So that's the big plus of why I like buying brand new fish tanks. All right. Plus, you can also buy a beautiful stand, some glass canopies, and a beautiful light. That's why I like buying a new aquarium, and I think it's really important for someone getting out and starting the hobby to buy a new aquarium because it saves you the headache. Now, like my friend Donovan, buying used tanks can work because my friend Donovan and some other folks I know got some really good used aquariums off a of Craigslist. They hold water, and they are doing good. But if you're buying a used aquarium, and if you're insistent on buying a used aquarium, I say you should reseal that tank. It's really important to reseal the tank to make sure it holds water. All right? Now, my next tip for buying an aquarium is to buy the biggest tank possible. The bigger, the better. Now, my recommended tank size for beginners in freshwater and saltwater would be a 55-gallon and a 75-gallon. This way here, you can get as many fish as you want in a 55-gallon and a 75-gallon. And I really like the width that are, that are on the 55 and the 75. Now, if you can't go as big as a 55 or a 75-gallon aquarium because you live in a small space like an apartment, I recommend a 29-gallon aquarium or a 40-gallon breeder. Now, the reason I recommend going bigger is because the water will not be affected as quickly as a saltwater tank would. Now, if your water level starts deteriorating, it's going to happen faster in a smaller tank than it will happen in a larger tank. Your fish is going to be a lot safer in a larger tank than it would be in a smaller tank. So, really... A lot of fish keepers say that the smaller tanks are for the more experienced fish keepers. You know what? I agree with that statement. So start out with a 55 or a 75, or the smallest tank possible would be a 29 or 40-gallon breeder. The, sm the smallest tank I would recommend would be a 29 or a 40-gallon breeder. Now, every year, Petco, PetSmart, and some other pet stores, they have a dollar per gallon. So there's no excuse for not buying a brand new aquarium because you can get a 55 gallon for $55 or a 29 or 49 uh, 29 or 40 gallon tank for relatively cheap as well. So my next tip 
for buying a brand new aquarium is to buy the tank and stand. Don't just buy the tank by itself because what are you going to put the tank on? Tanks are very heavy. All right? They weigh almost over 100 pounds, depending on the tank size, the tank gallons. So you need a stand. You need an aquarium-safe stand. Some people automatically assume that a 55-gallon is going to fit and work on a coffee stand or on your bureau. That is not always 100% guaranteed to hold your tank. So I recommend, if you want to avoid any disasters, to buy the tank and stand the same day you buy an aquarium. Now, usually, stands are what? Maybe $75, $90, $100 more. So if you save your money, you could buy a tank and a stand together. Now, you should try to purchase the tank, stand, hoods, or canopies, and lights all in one so that you can get a full setup. That is what I try to do. I like to get the tank, the stand, the hoods, the canopies, and lights together. But if money is tight, you don't have to do that. Uh, I mean, you can just get the tank, the stand, and the glass canopies and get the lights once your tank cycles and once you get livestock. But usually, I've noticed that when I'm buying a expensive tank and I'm buying a stand, the canopies, and the lights, my fish store are more inclined to give me a special deal and a special bargain. So I think if you have a good fish store and you are a loyal customer, they will give you a good deal. Okay? So that is my tips on buying an aquarium. And like I said, I think it's more important that you should know that buying a brand new aquarium is the best route to go. I've had two horrible experiences buying a used aquarium and now I think twice about even looking at aquariums on Craigslist. I say, you know what, I'm just gonna buy a brand new aquarium. I'll shell out the extra hundred dollars, but with the extra hundred dollars, at least I'm getting a lifelong guarantee by Aquion. That's why I love Aquion fish tanks. I think Aquions are the best fish tanks. Those are just my personal preferences. Now, I think beginners should go with a glass aquarium. I mean, the acrylic tanks are pretty nice, or the acrylic tanks are pretty nice, uh, but they scratch easy, and they can leak very easily. So I recommend the glass aquariums for beginners. All right, so now that you have bought your fish tank, let's talk about the equipment you're going to need. We'll start with the simple side of the hobby. Let's start with a freshwater aquarium. Obviously, you're going to need a stand to hold your fish tank. You will need lights and hoods to prevent fishes like iguanas and knife fish, bikers, and all the jumping freshwater species from jumping out. Now, lighting is option optional in a freshwater aquarium, so you can use any normal LED light you have on hand. But... If you're going for a planted aquarium, you will need a strong light, okay? So, like I said, you really don't have to have light on your freshwater aquarium. A lot of people like having light, but it's not really a necessity. Um, 
but you could have it if you want. But in a planted aquarium, light is a necessity. Now, of course, you're going to need a heater, except if you're keeping goldfish in, you won't need a heater. But most tropical fish prefer their temperatures to be in the 74 degrees Fahrenheit to 82 degrees Fahrenheit range. So for that, you're going to need a heater. You're also going to need some sort of a filtration system. Hang on the back filters work great for fresh water. And also canisters are also great in fresh water. Now in a few minutes here, I'll break down the different kinds of filtration systems in aquariums. You'll also need an API freshwater master test kit because you're always going to need to check your levels in a freshwater aquarium. Obviously, you'll need fish food. I recommend fish food like New Life Spectrum, Ikari, and Omega One. Those are all awesome brands of fish food. Now, you can use decorations for your fish tank. You can use plastic plants, driftwood, caves or any of the decorations at your local fish or pet store. And also, you will need a substrate. You can use sand or gravel or go bare bottom. A lot of folks like going bare bottom in a freshwater aquarium. That way they can uh, see all the waste piling up and do a quick water change to remove the waste that is piling up in a freshwater aquarium. However... Um, a bare bottom tank isn't as pretty as a tank with black sand or white sand. So it's really substrate to you in a freshwater aquarium is really based on your personal preference, really. No one can tell you what kind of substrate you can have. Only you can decide, right? So make sure you decide the best substrate for you. All right. So that's all the equipment for a freshwater aquarium. Now, for saltwater... You need a whole lot more equipment, which is why I tell people, if you are interested in uh, going to saltwater, start off first with a freshwater aquarium, or make sure you've got the money to buy all of this saltwater equipment. So, for a saltwater aquarium, you're obviously going to need a tank and a stand. Covers are optional in a saltwater aquarium, but they are recommended for fish that jump. Example, diamond gobies. One of my personal favorite saltwater fish, firefish gobies, blennies, etc. So if you're going to keep one of those jumping saltwater fish, you're definitely going to need a cover. Now, you can use A-crates, which you can find at Lowe's or Home Depot for a cover. Now, I went a little bit more fancier, and when I was at the fish store last week, I bought Aquion glass canopies for my 29-gallon aquarium. And honestly, I think I overpaid because I simply could just got a crate. But you know how Alex is. Alex has to be fancy, right? So I got the glass canopies instead. But for beginners, I recommend saving a little bit of money by using a crates. Now, for a saltwater tank, you definitely have to have lights. Unlike freshwater, you cannot have uh, no light on a saltwater tank because saltwater fish are beautiful. Why would not? Why wouldn't you want to showcase them with an awesome light? So you have to have light in a saltwater tank, in my personal opinion. I mean, if you if you're not showcasing your fish without a light, then you shouldn't have a saltwater tank. Now, for a fish only with live rock, you can get away with the freshwater light. Just pick a good LED for fish only with live rock. 
I like the blue lights. They look beautiful. Now, if you're going to do a reef tank, you need the high-quality lights. Those are really expensive. Let me tell you, folks. I have seen reef lights go up to about $600, which is why I am not tempted to enter into the world of corals right away. Because looking at that price tag, I'm like, holy shit. I don't want to pay up to $600 for lights. And I can imagine a lot of beginners are like that way. So if you were interested in starting out a saltwater tank, I'd say fish only with live rock would be the best way to go first. Now let me tell you a story. My friend Donovan, he dove into saltwater head first. He went right into reefs. And the reason I think he's not in saltwater hobby anymore is because he went head first. I think if you're going to start out in the saltwater hobby, start out like I started out. Fish only with live rock until you get used to taking care of the fish and get used to saltwater. Then I believe you should go into reefs. Because reefs, you need a hydrometer. Uh, hydrometer. You need, uh, excuse me, actually... I'm wrong there. You don't need a hydrometer for saltwater reef tanks. You need a refractometer, which is a lot more expensive than a hydrometer. You need high-quality lights. Like I said, the cheapest thing you're going to find is about $400. And you need, like, all these special tools to measure calcium and everything else. And you need protein skimmers and all that stuff. But for a fish only with live rock tank, you limit all the equipment you need. So I just wanted to share that with you. So, so far for the saltwater aquarium tank, we've learned that we need a stand. The tank obviously covers and lights. You also need a filter in a saltwater tank. Now, canisters are a good filter for a saltwater aquarium. Also, some hang-on-the-back filters are fine for a saltwater aquarium. They say the best hang-on-the-back filter for a saltwater aquarium is the AquaClear filters. I honestly am going to be upgrading my hand-to-back filter to an AquaClear filter. And uh, when I get my 90-gallon saltwater tank going, I'm going to have some AquaClear filters on that 90-gallon. You also need a hydrometer to measure salinity. I personally recommend a hydrometer for fish only with live rock to measure your salinity. Now, for a reef tank, you have to get a refractometer to make sure your salinity is on point. All right, so you're going to need something to measure your salinity, and I recommend either a hydrometer or a refractometer. All right, now, for fish only with live rock, your salinity should be anywhere from 1.20 to 1.24. For a reef tank, your salinity should be from 1.024 to 1.027. All right? Also, that 1.024 to 1.20, excuse me, 1.024 to 1.027 is also good for inverts like shrimps, crabs, and all of those inverts out there. Now, you also need to use a salt mix. Now, I use and prefer instant ocean reef crystals, which makes water safe for saltwater inverts and reefs. You also need live sand. Live sand is the way to go. It has bacteria in it that will help start your cycle. I think live sand is the only substrate you should be using in a saltwater aquarium. Now, live rock 
you definitely have to have some sort of rock in your aquarium, live rock or base rock. Helps filter your aquarium. It provides hiding spots for fish and inverts, and it helps speed up the cycle. Now, I used Carib Sea Life Rock. Now, Carib Sea Life Rock has bacteria already baked on it. But the good thing about the Carib Sea Life Rock is that it does not come with the possibility of hitchhikers like bristle worms. It definitely. Uh, don't want bristle worms in your aquarium because they get huge. Now, bristle worms are beneficial, but like I said, they get pretty big, and if you have a small tank like I do, like a 29-gallon, you don't want them in your tank. You definitely need an API master saltwater test kit because unlike freshwater, you have to check your water levels in a saltwater aquarium. It's very important because if you don't, your fish can start dying. If you don't check your uh, nitrates, your nitrites, your ammonia, your pH. So you got to have a saltwater test kit for a saltwater aquarium. Now, you definitely need fish food for a saltwater aquarium. Uh, I think the best fish food for saltwater is new life spectrum. Now, for tanks larger than 55 gallon, a protein skimmer is required in a saltwater aquarium. And you definitely need a water siphon to do a water change. And uh, you need wave makers for a saltwater aquarium because they need all that uh, surface agitation in a saltwater tank. You also need a pail or some sort of a food safe container to mix your water because it is really important to make sure your water is pre-mixed because you cannot add salt to your tank. You have to mix it in a bucket, and I'll explain that in a minute. You also need RODI water, and you can just buy your own RODI system to save yourself some money. So that is a shit ton of equipment for a saltwater aquarium. Again, tank and stand, covers, lights, a good filter, drometer, refractometer to measure salinity, a salt mix. I recommend your Instant Ocean or your Red Sea salt mix. Those are awesome. Live sand, live rock, or you can use Carib Sea Life Rock, your API Master Saltwater Test Kit, fish food, and a protein skimmer, water siphon, wave makers, and a pail to mix water, and of course, your RLDI water. I just wanted to make sure that you guys were all on the same level, so I had to um, uh, uh, I had to uh, reiterate myself for you. All right. So, salt water for years has been described as being really difficult and more expensive than freshwater. But I feel that while it is a bit more work and a little bit more money, it's not that much more difficult than freshwater. Now, I personally would not say a first-time fish keeper never keeping freshwater should jump right into salt. I'd say you should at least have kept freshwater for at least one to two years just so you can get used to the water chemistry. That way, you will be prepared for salt because salt water, you need to know how to check water levels and things of that nature. So you really have to understand the nitrogen cycle and how to check water parameters before you get a salt water Aquarium. All right, 
so right now, I'd like to talk in depth about filtration systems so you could all learn something about them because filters are really important on any given aquarium. So we'll start by talking about the hang on the back filters. Now, in my opinion, here are the good brands of hang on the back filters. Aquion Quiet Flows, AquaClears, and Marineland Emperor Penguins are decent hang on the back filters. Now, hang on the back filters are quite popular for a good reason. They are generally inexpensive and they're simple to operate, which is why I like them. Now, most of these filters are good for mechanical and chemical filtration, while many are generally poor to fair for biofiltration, as the single cartridge hanging the back filters do not retain healthy bio colonies. But this does vary widely with the model, and it can be approved via add-ons as well. Canister filters. They are a very popular filter for larger aquariums in particular. Canister filters are known for their large cap capacity. Now, most canister filters, with the exception of magnums, are the kings of capacity, which sometimes could be their problem. Many aquarists will not clean canister filters often enough, as they are still running well, but in reality, they have a large buildup of organic sludge, turning them into nitrate factories. I generally recommend them if they are serviced regularly as their ability to hold large amounts of different filter media and their excellent mechanical filtration set canister filters above many other filters, although their general use is in freshwater aquariums, and even then filters such as the fluidized sandbed filter generally have more biocapacity and are preferred for planted freshwater aquariums. Now, canister filters are still one of the best choices for a filter for freshwater aquariums over 100 gallons, especially when well-maintained with regular rinses in dechlorinated water, including foam and ceramic media. Now, if you're going to use a canister filter in marine aquariums, I recommend the use of cured live rock crumbles, sea chem matrix, or volcano rock, better than bioballs or ceramic rings to keep these filters from becoming nitrate factories. The use of sea chem purigen near the final phase, where carbon and other chemical media is placed, may also help considerably with nitrate production. Alright, let's talk about sponge filters. Now, sponge filters are excellent biological filters and reasonable mechanical filters. They are simple and inexpensive. The type of sponge material makes a large difference in the filter's biocapacity. One of the sponge filter's benefits is their ease in cleaning, which in turn lowers the amount of organic material being broken down in the nitrogen cycle. It takes only one minute to clean a sponge filter by rinsing it in used aquarium water, while it may take half an hour to clean a canister filter. 
Now, internal filters and hang-on-the-back small aquariums are good complements to sponge filters. So those are basically your top three categories of filtration systems in a saltwater aquarium and a freshwater aquarium as well. But generally, you would see uh, sponge filters being used more for a freshwater aquarium. I have yet to see a sponge filter in a saltwater aquarium. I see generally either the filtration from the live rock or from a hang on the back like an aquaclear or from a canister. Now, there are three types of aquarium filtration. Mechanical filtration, biological filtration, and chemical filtration, all of which are very important. And as a beginner to the aquarium hobby, make sure you listen clearly to this. Mechanical aquarium filters. Mechanical filtration removes the free-flowing particles from the aquarium water. The siphoning action of a power filter that hangs on the back of an aquarium does a decent job of this type of filtration. Now, biological filtration is the most important aquarium filtration type because it deals with the growing of the good bacteria in your aquarium filter. The good bacteria is the bacteria that converts ammonia to nitrite and then converts nitrite into nitrate. This establishment of bacteria is essential to your success with keeping tropical fish. Now, chemical filtration involves removing the dissolved waste from the aquarium water. Oftentimes, this is accomplished through the use of activated carbon in the aquarium filter. Activated carbon can also help to reduce odors. Many people dislike using carbon in their tanks due to the fact that carbon is useful for only a short period and then must be replaced. If it does not get replaced in a timely manner, the very waste that it removed can be released from the carbon back into the aquarium. Now, zoolites can also be used in chemical filtration. Zoolite removes ammonia from your aquarium water and can be a fish lifesaver if you have high ammonia levels. Many first-time fish keepers mistakenly add too many fish to a new aquarium before it has cycled and experienced this, the disappointing loss of their fish. Using Zoolite during the cycling process in your aquarium filter can help prevent this from happening, but it does have the side effect of lessening the time it takes to complete the aquarium nitrogen cycle. All right. So that is very informative on your filtration systems. So now that you've got all the equipment for your aquarium, and now that you know the most important thing about your fish tank, the filtration systems, let's chat about setting up an aquarium. Let's start by talking about setting up a freshwater aquarium. First, make sure you place your tank away from any windows or sunlight, as this can lead to allergy. Now, unless you're planning on keeping uh, allergy-eating fish, like plecos or flag-tailed lotus, you do not want allergy 
growing in your fish tank. So, I recommend, do not put your aquarium near a window or sunlight. On top of that, if you're going to have lights on your aquarium, you're going to have a constant battle of allergy because the sunlight and you're also light on your aquarium. So make sure your tanks are away from windows. It's very important that I stress that to you because a lot of you have been asking me, why do I have allergy in my aquarium? And then when I ask you for a picture of your tank, I see it's right near a window. And then I say to myself, oh, my gosh. And then I respond to that person telling them you can't have a tank near a window because they're going to get national sunlight uh, pouring into it. Natural sunlight, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. Uh, but it's going to lead to allergy. Now, the most important thing about setting up an aquarium, as I said earlier in the show, is make sure the tank fits perfectly on the stand. And again, it's really important. You use only a stand that is designed to hold fish tanks. Because if you use a stand that can handle hundreds of pounds, what's going to happen? Bang! Your tank's going to fall to the ground, and you're going to have gallons of water all over your floor. And that's going to be a huge tragedy, especially if you're living in an apartment. So, in order to prevent that from happening, use a stand designed to hold fish tanks, or use a stand that you are confident enough, and you should be able to know it can handle up to hundreds of pounds. But still... I recommend just going to the fish store and buying a fish tank stand. Now, once you have your tank fitting perfectly on your stand, away from a window, I'd say place your filter, heater, and your equipment in your aquarium. Now, for a freshwater tank, you only really need a heater and a filter. It is important that you over-filter an aquarium. So, let's say, for example, you've got a 20-gallon Aquarium, I'd buy a filter rated for 40 to 60 gallon aquariums because your tank will be spectacularly clean and much better with a filter that is over filtering your aquarium. Now, when I had my 120 freshwater, I had 300 gallons of filtration. That's why my water was always clear and I enjoyed my filter. I love over filtering my aquarium. And I recommend all my listeners out there to overfilter your aquarium as well. So once you have all of your equipment in the tank, add your substrate, whether you're using gravel or sand, and add your decorations. Then you're going to fill the tank with water and turn on your equipment. Then after that, I want you to add prime. And usually it's like a capful for every gallon. And I want you to let the cycle begin. Do not go and get fish as soon as you set up your freshwater aquarium because your fish will likely die. You should wait one day to three days before you go out and buy fish. But we're going to talk about uh, the nitrogen cycle for a freshwater aquarium in a couple minutes here on uh, tonight's show. So that, in a nutshell, is how you set up a freshwater aquarium. Really easy. The freshwater aquarium is perhaps the easiest aquarium to set up. Now, let's talk about setting up my personal favorite uh, aquarium. And that is 
the saltwater aquarium. Yes, the saltwater aquarium is perhaps the best one to set up. Alright, so here we go. Setting up a saltwater aquarium. So basically, some of the steps are the same as freshwater. Keep your saltwater aquarium away from sunlight and away from natural light shining into the tank. Uh, place your filter, heater, and equipment in, an aqu in your aquarium. Now, there are many ways you can add salt and water to your first ever saltwater aquarium. But here's what I did. I filled my tank with water, and then I added my salt. Now, salt calls for a half a cup per each gallon. So let's say your tank is a 20-gallon aquarium. You should be adding 10 cups of salt or so until your hydrometer reads 1.023 to 1.026. Please note, only at the time of setting up a saltwater aquarium is it okay to add salt into the water. After that, you need to mix salt in buckets of water and let it sit for 24 to 48 hours for water changes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you add salt to a tank with livestock, kiss your livestock goodbye. They're going to die or get sick. So I'm telling you right now, if you have a saltwater tank, the only time you can actually throw salt into water in your tank is when you're setting it up. After that, you're going to have to mix salt in buckets of water and let it sit for 28 to 48 hours. Okay? Now, once you have put water in the aquarium, salt water of course, turn on the equipment. Then wait until the tank clears, then add your live sand and your live rock. Now, you could add prime and let the tank cycle. Now, most people in the saltwater hobby have told me that adding prime is useless. But I don't agree with that necessarily. I like prime and freshwater and prime works just as well in saltwater. But take your own opinion with that. Don't all, You don't have to agree with my opinion. You don't like prime and saltwater, don't use prime and saltwater. But this is just my personal opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your freshwater and saltwater tanks are now set up. But please, for the love of God, do not add fish right away. Especially, and more importantly, do not add fish right away in a saltwater aquarium. You need to let that tank cycle. If you add fish right away, they will either suffocate, suffer, or die. And we don't want that happening to our fish, right? So, do not add fish right away to a tank that you just set up. All right. So, coming up next here, live on Aquarium Talk, the podcast, the most important part of tonight's show. We are going to talk about the nitrogen cycle and when it is time to add fish for both freshwater and saltwater. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to learn about the nitrogen cycle. So, don't go anywhere. Stick around. Some more awesome fish chat is next. But right now, we're going to take our only intermission of the night. I'm going to play two songs, followed by my infomercials. And then, uh, 
When I return, we'll talk about the nitrogen cycle. Now tonight, I'm going to play a couple songs from a friend of mine who is an awesome rapper. And he's actually going to be a guest right here on the American Variety Network this Sunday, November 8th. 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern. I invite you to be a part of this show on November 8th because Ryan Serini is one hell of an awesome rapper. He's got some great rap songs. So let's hear his rap songs in our infomercial right now. Mama told me, my mama, my mama, my mama told me, my mama, my mama, my mama told me. Y'all already know what it is, shouldn't have to say the shit, but I'ma say it anyway. All y'all felt like flagrant, fronting on some famous shit, spitting like some plagiarists. Homie, I done pay my dues, I'm on you like you owe me rent. Ain't no coming back from that, got dreams of pushing Cadillacs, and if I gotta steal that shit, I'm plotting with my ski mask in the darkest parts of that trailer park. A fifth of jack and a saw charge Been laying low for too damn long Set the gold chain of that shit off Off the handle, spills the paint No money coming in, about to dig my grave Tell my soul I need that break Devil got his cut, get the fuck out the way Yo, too much bourbon, I've been swerving About to sacrifice a virgin Just to prove that I'm the illest Spit this shit like I'm allergic Black Impala, indiscretions Tired of living like a peasant Window tinted, cloudy vision About to send a fucking message Taking what they owe me, homie I ain't talking time forward All this shit Y'all take for granted all the shit I kill for Yo, mama told me don't ever take no shit, son And if they hatin', you go hit them with that brick, son Tell them where you from, let them know you down the ride W's up in the sky, rep that shit until you die Mama told me don't ever take no shit, son And if they hatin', you go hit them with that brick, son Tell them where you from, let them know you down the ride W's up in the sky, rep that shit until you die Father, please forgive me, I've changed since my last confession Prayers ain't been working lately, dog shit is all I'm left with Motherfuckers think that legend second coming Resurrected till I come through and bury them all That face them in and my kin protected, I'm on point Hollow tips, about to prove y'all counterfeit Prolific with all this rap shit, man I'm on the move like an activist Mastermind with this ether, talk to God yo but I'm no preacher it's been cold as a motherfucking freezer since my pops went to meet that reaper. Uh, spit dope, narcotics, push the shit like monotonic. Non stop, word vomit, prodigal sons on psychotic. Y'all forgot who the fuck I was, must have forgot where the fuck I'm from. Type of shit y'all cannot run, I kill till the motherfucking cops come. Then it's straight to the bank for the capital. These rap cats are all laughable. Yo, the army's every move is tactical. I'm taking hits on these radicals, no apologies for my prophecies. I seen the light, ain't no stopping me. Cats in my ear with hypocrisy, got my mind on speed like. Velocity, uh. Mama told me don't ever take no shit, son And if they hatin', you go hit them with that brick, son Tell them where you from, let them know you down the ride W's up in the sky, rep that shit until you die Mama told me don't ever take no shit, son And if they hatin', you go hit them with that brick, son Tell them where you from, let them know you down the ride W's up in the sky, rep that shit until you die my mama, my mama, my mama told me. My mama, my mama, my mama told me. My mama, my mama, my mama told me. Kill everything you spit, son. Hold this bitch ransom. Uh.
I just, I really want to take the time to, to say that after everything we've seen, everything that happened, everything we overcame, <laughs> it feels pretty damn good to say we made it out, man, so this shots to us. Back in 06 is when I felt this, it was Hollywood a bus with this music, so I did what I had to do, left North Avenue, hit LU with a whole new attitude, and I still catch heat for it, you would've thought I left the Bulls like Mike Jordan, but I never turn my back on the team, yo, cause I know in my heart I ain't get here alone, it all started at the park, we was 30 deep, baseball all day, kept us off the streets, Play till midnight under tennis court lights That's how we spent our summers, it was the way of life Then life happened, in came distractions Getting high and chasing tails, way more attractive Not many survived, but we were up against So this shot here is to all of us left One shot, two shot, three shot, hey Keep on bringing them shots our way We made it out and now we celebrate This shot's to us, this shot's to us One shot, two shot, three shot, hey Remember when we didn't fear anything And we could be anything, chase any dream Money didn't matter, we had everything Too young to see how much our fam was struggling We were oblivious, hopeful and innocent Cause back then we weren't judged for our differences Broke at home a picket fence, we could care less And no one gave a fuck what the pay stub said We tried more to get laid than to graduate And we ain't no section 8 back in them days Some of us ended up with brick houses Cocaine addiction Friends evicted, 12 step programs, dads in rehab, moms in the house trying not to relapse. It was an uphill battle each and every day, motivated by the pain we're on our way. One shot, two shot, three shot, hey, keep on bringing them shots our way. We made it out and now we celebrate. This shot's to us, this shot's to us. One shot, two shot, three shot, hey, keep on bringing them shots our some shit, no doubt about it, and now the day goes by, we don't talk about it, back when we were kids, who thought it'd come to this, music and sports are only two outlets, the little we had, we fought to protect it, work on our craft all night, so we perfect it, it's not a question, success is a must, don't be jealous of us, we never had much, kicking it in them basements for ages, conversating, praying that we make it, remember each fist fight in every black eye, anything for the team, Man, ride or die Pushing carts at Walmart But we had heart We were standing like heroes With street smarts People wrote us off our whole lives And here we are still at it Making headlines One shot, two shot, three shot Hey, keep on bringing them shots our way We made it out and now we celebrate This shot's to us, this shot's to us One shot, two shot, three shot Hey, keep on bringing them shots our way something you'd like to promote or advertise. Do you want to get some much-needed exposure for your business or your very own Facebook page or even your very own podcast? Well, look no further than Jackie's help and advice for promoting on Facebook. 
Jackie will help you advertise your goods and help you spread the word. I, Alice Cardinelli, have personally been great friends with Miss Jackie Wilkes, and she has a very kind heart, and she is a very sweet lady, and she will definitely help you grow like she has helped Alice Cardinelli grow. To advertise and promote your business or anything you want to advertise, please like and check out the page, Jackie's Help and Advice for Promoting on Facebook. Are you enjoying tonight's episode of the American Variety Network? Great! The American Variety Network really appreciates your listening. We also appreciate listener feedback. Please feel free to email us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's show. Our email address is AmericanVarietyNetwork at Comcast.net. That's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. You may also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns you may have about our show. You can also email us to book a guest appearance on the American Variety Network, or you may contact us to become a sponsor of the American Variety Network. American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Would you like to find out when the next episode of the American Variety Network is? Do you want to find out the news and updates for the American Variety Network? Well, all you have to do is go on your computer and log on to the social media sites. The American Variety Network is now on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, you can find the American Variety Network on Facebook and Twitter. Like our fan page on Facebook called American Variety Network and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter fan page is at American Network One. Again, our fan page on Facebook is American Variety Network. Hit like and our fan page on Twitter is at American Network One and hit follow. While you're here listening to this show on Blog Talk Radio, feel free to check out some of the other great shows Blog Talk Radio has to offer. There are shows for everyone, whether it be sports shows, politics shows, comedy shows, talk shows, and yes, even church religious shows. Become a loyal listener of Blog Talk Radio. Today, blogtalkradio.com. What are you thankful for this year? You know what Alex Cardinali and the American Variety Network are thankful for. You, the listeners. That's right, Alex and all of us here at the American Variety Network are so glad you listen to our shows and tune into them. We love you listeners, remember that. 
the American Variety Network and Alex Cardinale would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and we hope you enjoy some tasty turkey and have a nice meal with your loved ones. Be thankful for what you have and spend time with your loved ones. Happy Thanksgiving all. American Variety Network fans, mark your calendars and get ready to celebrate. Saturday, November 21st, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain and 6 p.m. Pacific. The American Variety Network reaches another milestone as we celebrate our 250th episode. Our 250th episode is going to be filled with plenty of awesome surprises and fun. Here to tell you more about the 250th episode is the host himself, Alex Cardinale. On the 250th episode, there will be three special surprise guests, including one fishkeeping guest who will be broadcasting live from the Ohio Cichlid Association 2015 Extravaganza, and two other awesome surprise guests. There will be some awesome comedy clips guaranteed to make you laugh, and laughs in the past clips, and there will also be a lot of fun. I personally invite you, my listeners, to help me celebrate 250 awesome episodes, as you've been a huge part of my success. So join me live Saturday, November 21st, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern for our 250th episode at blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network. Calling out all you turkeys and turkey lovers. Come join the American Variety Network on Thanksgiving Day for a special holiday-themed episode. This will be our very first podcast broadcast live on Thanksgiving Day. Live Thursday, November 26, 2015 at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific, Alex Cardinali will broadcast the American Variety Network for a special Thanksgiving Day morning special. This will be your last chance to ask any last-minute Thanksgiving cooking questions. I'll discuss how to make the perfect Thanksgiving turkey, I'll discuss NFL football on Thanksgiving, and much more. So come spend your Thanksgiving morning with the American Variety Network on Thanksgiving at 11 a.m. Eastern. Happy Thanksgiving! Breaking news just into the American Variety Network studios. On Monday, November 30, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain and 6 p.m. Pacific, Alex is going to share some groundbreaking news and announcements that will shock the American Variety Network and Blog Talk Radio. What is the news? Well, you're going to have to tune in live on Monday, November 30th because no one is going to find out. Suspense is the best. Plus there will also be a special surface guest returning to the American Variety Network for the first time in over a year. So what is the major news? We will find out on November 30th.
You're listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. saltwater clownfish, tans, and even corals and live rock. So fish keepers, sit back, relax, and unwind. Aquarium Talk the podcast is now on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Aquarium Talk the podcast. Right here on American Variety Network. And tonight I'm doing my second episode of beginner series of Aquarium Talk to Podcast. And tonight I'm talking about setting up and cycling aquariums. Now before our intermission, I told you all the equipment you need for your aquarium. I talked about the different kinds of filtration systems, and I told you how to set up your aquarium. In a few minutes here, I'm going to start talking about perhaps the most important thing for tonight's show, and that is cycling your aquarium and the nitrogen cycle. But before I do that, I'd like to remind you that if you want to call in and talk about your first tank that you set up, your first fish tank that you set up, or your favorite fish tank that you set up, you may do so. Or if you'd like to call in and talk about the nitrogen cycle, or call in and get some tips to beginners out there, you may do so as well. Again, the call-in number is 1-347-989-8142. All right, so we've got 45 minutes left on the air. Wow, time's flying by on these fish shows, it seems. So let's talk about the nitrogen cycle and cycling your aquarium for freshwater first, and then we will get into it for saltwater. So... Call it cycling, nitrification, biological cycle, startup cycle, break-in cycle, or the nitrogen cycle. No matter what name you use, every newly set up aquarium goes through a process of establishing beneficial bacteria colonies. Now, older aquariums also go through periods during which the bacteria colonies fluctuate. Failure to understand this process 
is the largest contributing factor to the loss of fish. Learning what it is and how to deal with critical periods during the nitrogen cycle will greatly increase your chances of successful fish keeping. Now, unlike nature, an aquarium is a closed environment. All the waste excreted from the fish, uneaten food, and the clank plants stay inside the tank. Now, if nothing eliminated those wastes, your beautiful aquarium would turn into a cesspool in no time at all. Actually, for a short period of time, a new aquarium does become a toxic cesspool. The water may look clear, but don't be fooled. It's loaded with toxins, much like a septic tank. Sounds awful, doesn't it? But fortunately, bacteria that are capable of converting waste to safer byproducts begin growing in the aquarium as soon as fish are added. Unfortunately, there are enough bacteria to eliminate all the toxins immediately. So, for a period of several weeks to a month or more, your fish are at risk. So, when you first start up your aquarium, there is not enough bacteria to get rid of all of those deadly toxins, which is why people tell you not to add fish right away when you set up an aquarium. However, you may not lose them. Armed with an understanding of how the nitrogen cycle works and knowing the proper steps to take, you can sail through the break-in cycle with very few problems. So, here is the stages of the freshwater nitrogen cycle. There are three stages of the nitrogen cycle, each of which present different challenges. The first stage is the initial stage. The cycle begins when fish are introduced to the aquarium. Their feces, urine, as well as uneaten food are quickly broken down into either iodized or unionized ammonia. The iodized form, ammonium, NH4, is present if the pH is below 7 and is highly toxic to fish. Any amount of unionized ammonia, NH3, is dangerous. However, once the levels reach 2 ppm, the fish are in grave danger. Ammonia usually begins rising by the third day after introducing fish. The second stage. During this stage, nitrosomous bacteria oxidize the ammonia, thus eliminating it. However, the byproduct of ammonia oxidization is nitrite, which is also highly toxic to fish. Nitrite levels as low as 1 ppm can be lethal to some fish. Nitrite usually begins rising by the end of the first week after introducing fish. The third stage. In the last stage of the cycle, nitrobacter bacteria convert the nitrites into nitrates. Nitrates are not highly toxic to fish in low to moderate levels. Routine partial water changes 
will keep the ignite rate levels within a safe range. Established tanks should be tested for ignite rates every few months to ensure that the levels are not becoming extremely high. Now that you know what is happening, what should you do? Simple steps such as water testing and changing the water will help you manage the nitrogen cycle without losing your fish. Now, the key for success is testing the water for ammonia and nitrites and taking action quickly when problems occur. Begin testing for ammonia on day three after adding the fish and continue testing every day until the ammonia begins to drop. After the ammonia begins to fall, continue testing each every day until the ammonia reaches zero. Begin testing for night rides one week after adding the fish. Continue testing every second or third day until the night ride levels reach zero. If ammonia or night rides get too high, perform regular water changes. All right, so let's talk about what not to do when cycling a freshwater aquarium. Do not add more fish. Wait until the cycle is completed. Don't change the filter media. The beneficial bacteria are growing there. Don't disturb them until they have become well-established. Don't overfeed the fish. When in doubt, underfeed your fish. Remember that anything going into the tank will produce wastes one way or another. Don't try to alter the pH. The beneficial bacteria can be affected by changes in pH. Unless there is a serious problem with the pH, leave it alone during the startup cycle process. Now, for cycling a freshwater aquarium, uh, I recommend adding prime and a few fish to start your cycle in a freshwater aquarium. You should, add, you should add only a few fish to cycle your aquarium. Don't add too many fish at once. So only add a few fish at a time with your prime to the freshwater aquarium. All right, so some hardy freshwater fish for cycling include tetras, barbs, danios, mollies and live bearers, convicts, and some cichlids. All right, so that's how you cycle a freshwater aquarium. Now, let's talk about cycling a saltwater aquarium. Now, the nitrogen cycle of a saltwater aquarium is essentially the same as a freshwater aquarium, is a chain reaction in nature resulting in the birth of various types of nitrifying bacteria, each with their own job to do. Each new bacteria born consumes the previous one and in turn gives birth to the next bacteria. Now, the three components involved to make this happen are ammonia, nitrite, and nitrate. In general, 
the nitrogen cycling process usually takes about 30 days, but there is exactly no time frame for this process to complete its task as each aquarium is different. My tank, ladies and gentlemen, took the 30 days, but other tanks may vary because no tank is the same. Factors such as how many fish, other livestock, and organic matter is present in the tank can vary the completion time one way or the other. Now, if you are in a rush to cycle your saltwater aquarium, I'd say go out and buy a bottle called Microbactrum 7 or a bottle of uh, saltwater startup, something like that. My fish store gave it to me and it instantly almost cycled my aquarium. But I knew well enough that I could not add fish then. I waited another month. Now, testing your aquarium water during cycling is very important as this will tell you what phase the aquarium is at any given time throughout the process. It should be noted here that there are methods to speed up the cycle, some of which can actually cycle the tank in as little as one day. So, the three components and phases of a marine aquarium cycle. Phase one, ammonia. The first component needed in the chain is ammonia, and it is only during the cycling process that ammonia readings should be present in an aquarium. Once ammonia begins to accumulate in the aquarium, the process begins. So where do you get your ammonia from? Well, it is produced by such things as fish and other livestock waste, excess food, and decaying organic matter from both animals and plants. Now, putting live animals into a tank for the process of cycling it's not easy because they are exposed to very high level, toxic levels of ammonia and nitrite during the process, which I don't recommend doing. A lot of fish keepers will throw dampers in and cycle the tank that way. I think it's a very, a very cruel way of cycling an aquarium. However, without ammonia present, the cycle cannot begin and if ammonia is removed or the supply is disrupted during cycling, the process stops. As you see the ammonia level rise during the cycling period, if you think by adding an ammonia destroyer or doing a water change to bring it down is helping, it's not. Don't do that. You are only destroying and delaying the cycling process and preventing it from completing its mission. If you use fish to cycle an aquarium, it's a catch-22. You don't want to put the aquariums in harm's way by exposing them to toxic elements, but you need their waste as the ammonia source to get the job done. The good news is there are alternates to cycling a new tank without having to use live fish, as well as ways to help speed up the nitrogen cycling process. Irregardless, of what method you use to cycle a new aquarium, the process is the same. Ammonia occurs in two states depending on the water pH. So ammonia is going to come in two states depending on your pH. NH3, which is the unionized state, is more toxic than NH3 plus 4, the ionized state, because it can invade the body tissue of marine animals much easier. 
almost all free ammonia in seawater with a normal pH is in the iodized state, thus it's less toxic. As pH rises, the less toxic iodized state decreases and the more toxic unionized state increases. For example, a toxic level of ammonia as NH3 may be present with a pH of 8.4 being lethal, but the same level of ammonia as NH3 plus 4 with a pH of 7.8 may be tolerated. Higher tech temperatures can also affect the toxicity of ammonia. Phase 2, nitrate, or excuse me, nitrite. So phase 2 is nitrite. At about day 10 into the cycle, the nitrifying bacteria that convert ammonia into nitrite, nitrosomas, should begin to appear and build. Just like ammonia, nitrite could be toxic and harmful to marine animals, even at lower levels, and without nitrite present, the cycling process cannot complete itself. Nitrite will continue to rise to a high level of about 15 ppm, the most critical stage, and at about day 25, the level should begin to fall off, although it's quite possible to run on for another 10 days. Most, like the, most likely, the nitrite reading will peak and fall off to less than 2 or 3 ppm by about day 30 and shortly thereafter to zero. If it does not, don't worry, it should drop sometime within the next 10 days or so. And phase 3, my favorite phase of a marine cycle, is nitrate. Now that the ammonia has given birth to nitrite, the nitrite, in turn, gives birth to the third and final nitrifying bacteria. These bacteria are living entities that require oxygen and food and ammonia source to survive, grow on the surfaces of everything in the tank, and the waste from nitrobacter are shown in the form of nitrate with a test kit. Now, when nitrite readings begin to increase, you can tell that these beneficial nitrifying bacteria are starting to establish themselves, which is what you will painstakingly been going through the cycling process to achieve bacteria. All right. So, once your tank has reached the end stage of the process, what do you do next? Once your new saltwater aquarium has reached the third and final phase of the nitrogen cycling process and completing its task of establishing the beginning of your tank's biological filter base, it's important to be patient and move slowly. Here's why. The newly established nitrifying bacteria, nitrobacters, that have developed are just babies, and they need time to mature and multiply. These bacteria are living entities that, to survive, require oxygen and food, ammonia, or the bioload, which is primarily generated by waste from all living things in an aquarium. Living on the surfaces of everything in the system, the larger their numbers, the better they are able to absorb the bioload placed on the aquarium. However, when the bioload exceeds the nitrifying bacteria population established, ammonia will begin to show up in the aquarium again. And if the load is extremely heavy, the reappearance of nitrite is most likely as well. 
once your tank has completely cycled, if you move too quickly at a new livestock or overly disturbing your biological filter, you may experience a case of new tank syndrome. So proceed slowly at this point. Tidy up the system and perform a water change. Once the ammonia and nitrite levels have dropped to zero at the end of the second phase of the nitrogen cycling process, it's time to tidy up the system and get it ready for some new livestock with a few light cleaning tasks. Light is the key word here. Remember the newly born nitrobacters that have developed in a final phase of the nitrogen cycling process are an essential part of building your aquarium's biological filter base. These beneficial bacteria live on all surfaces in the aquarium, and as they mature and multiply, they are what keep your system in balance. At this stage, you do not want to strip them away and weaken their numbers, so here is what can be done. Clean off the inside tank walls. Remove any organic waste that has settled on the bottom of the aquarium by lightly siphon cleaning the surface and only the surface of the substrate. Remove organic matter that has been accumulated inside and around rock formations. This can be done by either squirting water into these areas using a turkey baster or simpler yet using a smaller power head. It's a great way to easily dislodge the gunk that gets trapped, releasing it into the water column where it can then be removed through filtration. Water change. In conjunction with tidying up the system, once the ammonia and nitrite levels have dropped to zero, a water change could be performed. In the process of light siphon cleaning up the aquarium, old water is done, and when it's done, you refill it with new salt water. Doing a 20% to 25% water change at this point is beneficial for the following reasons. It replenishes essential seawater trace elements. It helps to correct and return changes in pH, alkalinity, and other important parameters of the water to their ideal settings. It improves the overall quality of the water. Once the aquarium is cleared up and refilled, it's time to rinse out or replace any type of mechanical water filtering materials such as Preform, uh, excuse me, such as pre-filter flosses, cartridges, sponges, or pads. Now, let the system run for a few days to allow the filters to polish up the water. If at this point any pre-filtering materials appear to be dirty, clean them up again. Tip, no water changes should be performed or any kind of ammonia-destroying products added to the water while the tank is cycling, as this only delays and drags out the completion of the cycling process. Alright, my favorite part of cycling a saltwater aquarium. This is the part that I could not wait for, and once I reached this part, I knew I was almost done. Add some new livestock and stabilize the system. Once you have allowed the system to run for a few days after cleaning up the system and doing a water change, Test to see if the ammonia and nitrate levels are at zero and the pH is correct. If any trace of ammonia and or nitrite is still present, wait until they are gone before you add any new livestock. And when it's all ready, proceed, but only by adding a few things. Do 
not go crazy and add more than four fish. Three fish tops. But generally, they recommend one or two fish. You don't want to overload the system. Otherwise, a spike in ammonia will likely occur. Now, I added three fish. I added a pair of black and white clownfish and a diamond goby. And I got yelled and criticized for it. They say that you should only add one or two fish. But, ladies and gentlemen, I added three. These three fish are doing fine. And my parameters are testing out perfectly right now. So I know my tank is cycled. Now, stabilize the system. After you have added a few new additions to the aquarium, allow the system to run for several weeks to become stable before continuing on. This means you should test the water daily for traces of ammonia and night right after introducing the first new animals. The longer you let the system run before putting anything else new in, the better because this allows the beneficial bacteria to mature and multiply, making the biological filter base stronger. And that is why I am waiting until after Thanksgiving to add some more livestock. When all looks good, Go ahead and add a few more new pieces of livestock as you did before. The last and final step, step four, establish a regular aquarium maintenance routine. The key to keeping an aquarium in prime shape and having a happy fish or reef tank community is to take care of it. Of course, there are some simple daily procedures that all aquarists should practice, but unfortunately, there is no set structure for doing other weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or longer in-between maintenance tasks. No two aquariums are set up or run the same, and everyone has an opinion as well as a reason for what, when, and how any particular task should or may need to be performed. So here are some tasks you should do for your saltwater aquarium. Here are some routines you should get used to in your saltwater aquarium. A small 10 to 20% water change once a week. Clean your filter every two weeks and check your levels every week. Make sure your levels are in perfect range for a saltwater aquarium. Alright, some good beginner saltwater fish that are good for cycling an aquarium or when you reach the last stage of your cycle. Some good Hardy beginner saltwater fish include clowns, damsels, gobies, and blennies. All right? So, beginners, now you know how to set up a freshwater and saltwater aquarium, and now you know how to cycle a freshwater and saltwater aquarium. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the nitrogen cycle. So, I hope you will fully cycle your aquarium and hope all of you will enjoy the aquarium hobby on the next aquarium talk podcast ladies and gentlemen beginners the show you've been waiting for we're going to talk about fish next thursday right here on aquarium talk the podcast my co-host donovan's going to be back and next thursday donovan and i I'm going to give out our tips for purchasing fish. We'll talk about acclimating fish to your tank and the importance of acclimating new fish. And we'll talk about good freshwater fish and good saltwater fish for beginners. 
It's going to be a great aquarium show next Thursday. I cannot wait to share my tips for purchasing fish with you. I can't wait to tell you my tips for acclimating fish. And obviously, I cannot wait to talk about good fish for beginners in both freshwater and saltwater. All right, fish keepers. We've reached the end of Aquarium Talk, the podcast here tonight on American Variety Network. Beginners, I hope you got a lot of useful information on the show tonight. And I had a lot of fun during the show. I had a lot of high energy and a lot of fun. I love chatting tropical fish, as you can tell. So, beginners and listeners, I hope I gave you some awesome information tonight. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Now, we got another fish show this week. That's right. In two days, on Saturday, November 7th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, for all my saltwater lovers out there, my friend, my co-host, Mr. Seth Fidrine, returns to the American Variety Network for Saltwater Lecture Hour, and Seth Fidrine is going to talk to us about um, corals and reefs. So if you want to learn about a coral and reef tank, tune in to the American Variety Network Saturday, November 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, before I end today's show, I'd like to tell all my fish-keeping listeners out there, you know, this week I had the honor of being promoted to an admin of a wonderful fish-keeping group. Now, this group is run by my two friends, Donovan and uh, I know I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so please bear with me. Romolius, I think his name is. Uh, I've had the honor of being added as an admin to those two great guys already, two awesome fish keepers. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on that group every single day looking at the post, and uh, I'm actually going to be an active poster on that group. So I invite all of my listeners to check out that group. I'd like to get my friends Donovan and Romolius 100 members. I'd like to see our group get 100 members by tomorrow. So the name of the group, folks, is Freshwater Fish Maniacs. Please go check it out on Facebook, Freshwater Fish Maniacs. And uh, pretty soon, I'm going to start posting uh, fish profiles on the group. So you have my word for that. I'll probably start that tomorrow. I'll start posting fish profiles on our group Freshwater Fish Maniacs. So make sure you guys check that out. I know it's a great group. It's a drama-free group. We allow you to share your other free Facebook groups. So check it out, Freshwater Fish Maniacs. All right, guys. I think it's time to end today's show. My mouth is getting really dry. So uh, I think we're going to end today's show on that note. Check out Freshwater Fish Maniacs and click join. Guys, we'll see you on Saturday for our next episode of Aquarium Talk, the podcast, the saltwater variety with Seth Fidrine as we talk about corals and reef aquariums. This was a production of the American Variety Network, the one and the only original American network that was created here on Blog Talk Radio. And with that being said, good night, fish keepers.
Fish Keepers. Thank you for tuning in to this awesome show. Please tell your friends about our show and have them follow our page here on Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash American Network. Hit follow. Also, make sure you like our fan page on Facebook. Thank you for listening and good night, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.